The Chicago White Sox are on the board. Uh, they got their first win of the spring, making easy work of the Seattle Mariners on Monday. Uh, efficient and effective pitching paired with timely hitting and a massive home run from Jake Berger. Uh, the White Sox also clean things up defensively as Pedro Grafol continues to preach about fundamentals. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Uh, we're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Locked On White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked on White Sox. Around 30 days until opening day. Spring training baseball is underway. Sox finally got their first uh, victory. A lot of baseball left. They're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. And we also have the World Baseball Classic uh, coming up. Hey, appreciate you passing this podcast along to other White Sox fans in your life as we inch closer uh, to opening day. And remember, it's Mailbag Wednesday coming up soon. Get those questions and comments in. Uh, you can do that at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Uh, so uh, Chicago White Sox spring training 2023 record. Uh, they are now one uh, in two. Uh, Sox came into Monday's game, uh, of course, looking for their first win, and they were playing uh, some forgettable baseball. Uh, again, very, very early, first two games of the season this past weekend, uh, but a little sloppy, a little anemic uh, offensively. And after Sunday's loss, uh, this is what Grafol had to say. Obviously, fundamentals are important. Uh, details are important. Uh, it's like I said from day one, I want to see uh, some mistakes. Uh, Grafol and some of his staff arriving at Camelback Ranch at 4.30 a.m. and not leaving until every detail has been covered. Uh, Grafol said, however long it takes, uh, we're now executing what we spoke about all offseason. Uh, we have like three field coordinators in there, including myself. You've got third base coach uh, Eddie Rodriguez, field coordinator, Mike Tosar, hitting coach Jose Castro. Uh, he was a hitting coordinator and, and bench coach, uh, Charlie Montoya. They did some coordinating as well. Uh, so when you put five ex-coordinators in the same room, you're going to get details. I'm a reflection uh, of these guys. Those guys do an, an unbelievable job. Uh, this is how we envision it. This is the only way we know how to do it. Uh, well, Pedro Grafol. Uh, and his staff definitely had some things to work on. If you were able to watch it live or maybe you caught a rebroadcast, a little sloppy, uh, not hitting cutoff men and some infield pop-up stuff that absolutely needs to be addressed. Uh, Monday was a different story. Uh, 
Sacks took care of business against the Seattle Mariners. Sacks beat the Mariners 10 to 1. It was on NBC Sports Chicago. Friend of the podcast, Connor McKnight on the call with Steve Stone. So the pitch clock was now visible if you were able to catch the game uh, Monday afternoon. Saturday, first game of the season. Uh, you didn't see the pitch clock on the screen, uh, so they they put it up there, uh, kind of next to uh, to the right of the score uh, of the game. So up in the left hand corner of your TV. I have not seen a velocity tracker yet. Uh, wondering if they're going to find some room uh, in the graphic area uh, before opening day, but uh, still talking about the rules, of course, and and the pitch clock, and it did come into play. Uh, in Monday's game, but uh, as Stone and McKnight and I think even Benetti, you know, talked about it, uh, as most people are hoping, uh, this isn't something we continue to focus on. Uh, once opening day arrives, this becomes almost second nature, but you're going to see some issues, I think, in the first uh, a week or so. So it was close to an opening day lineup, I would say. You had uh, Tim Anderson, uh, Luis Robert, Andrew Benatendi getting his first action of the spring. Jimenez in a DH role, uh, Mancada, uh, Vaughn, Grandal, Sheets was in right field, uh, Andrews uh, getting some action uh, at second base. Uh, and on the mound to start, uh, Jesse uh, Schultens. Uh, and, you know, I had to go back and, and remind myself of who Jesse uh, Schultens uh, was, but he was a, a late December, maybe like 1st of January uh, 2023. Uh, this deal was. Uh, uh, this deal was finalized. So Sox signed this right-handed pitcher, Jesse Schultens, to a minor league contract this past offseason. Uh, Schultens was si uh, assigned to AAA Charlotte, originally drafted by the Padres in the ninth round of the 2016 MLB draft. Uh, Schultens, 28 years old, spent his entire professional career in the San Diego organization. Uh, he, play he played last season with AAA El Paso, uh, going four and four with a 4.10 ERA, uh, 38 earned runs over 83 innings pitched with 92 strikeouts in his 37 appearances. Uh, again, these pitchers not seeing a lot of action at all, inning or two, sometimes less. Uh, Schultons didn't do too bad. He gave up a you know a home run. Uh, but that was really it for the uh, Seattle Mariners. Ronaldo Lopez after Schultons in the third inning. Lopez was dinged with a pitch clock violation. Not too happy about, but no harm, uh, no foul. Uh, you know, and I wonder about, you know, those types of uh, moments when you get dinged for that. And again, we, we hope this is gone by opening day. We hope, you know, uh, every pitcher's in their routine. Um, I hate to see that these pitch clock violations are ending games like walk off pitch clock violation because the bases were loaded. And I mean, it's essentially a balk and, and every runner gets a base, but mentally, you know, how that affects a pitcher, you know, you've got to be mentally strong and, and it's spring training for that, you know, work it out right now, uh, get used to that. Uh, but when, when it's always, almost got to be like an embarrassment factor when you're caught uh, and you have that violation, how you respond the next pitch. Uh, again, no harm, no foul with uh, Lopez on Monday. Fourth inning, we saw uh, Sean Burke, and and maybe he is, uh, you know, Davis Martin of 2023. Again, don't know exactly what's happening with Clevenger, uh, but a lot of people high on, on Sean Burke, and he might get some spot starts. Uh, Connor McKnight was talking about in the telecast, and uh, 
Uh, Connor mentioned that Burke's uh, 12 to 6 curveball is, is a favorite of his. Uh, and Stone, you know, piped in talking about the importance of having two different curveballs. I love that kind of stuff. That's what Steve Stone brings. Uh, again, not a, a huge profound statement, but the way he can kind of analyze some of these younger pitchers, I think having him in the booth, bouncing off either McKnight or uh, Benetti, and if they could set a stone up, especially when there's a young arm on the mound, uh, I, I love hearing that. You know, even though you've got a 12 to 6 curveball that's your bread and butter and it could be nasty, you've got to mix in another curveball uh, that's sharper, that gives the uh, batter, you know, a different perspective. Uh, defensively, nice play by Andrews uh, at second. It sounds like he's still trying to learn the position. I saw some quotes uh, from him. I believe it was uh, Daryl Van Scoven of the Chicago Sun-Times tweeting some things out about uh, maybe he didn't realize it was going to be as difficult as it was, but uh, he thinks by opening day he'll have it down. A nice running grab to his left, uh, closing the gap in a hurry in the fourth uh, inning. Uh, Romy Gonzalez uh, playing some left field. Good to see. Avilia uh, was in the game uh, pitching in the seventh inning. He had a four-run lead. He was our Rule 5 draft pick. Uh, he had a one, two, three inning. Sachs used seven pitchers uh, in this order. You had Schultons, Lopez, Burke, Foster, Avilia, a German, and Peralta. Uh, Schultons gave up that second inning home run to the Mariners, and, and that was it for them. Uh, Sox also did not commit an error uh, for the first time during Cactus League play. So uh, Grafol and the, uh, the staff putting in the work. It was nice to see a pretty clean game by the White Sox on Monday. Uh, it took the Sox until the third game to get things going offensively. Jake Berger continues to impress uh, with his Camelback Ranch power. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? You've got to try a Built Bar. Uh, just got through the holidays a while ago, and I know my goal was to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try a Built. Uh, with Built, uh, healthy is actually tasty. They are so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect uh, for that New Year's resolution that you still might be holding on to uh, here at the last day of February. Good on you. Uh, what makes Built Bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box in the mail for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Uh, head to your nearest Walmart, walk up to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with Hit Flavors Brownie Batter and churro. Uh, Monday's game against the Mariners was a completely different story offensively, uh, which was a great sign. Rather anemic in the first two games, 
uh, of spring training. Sacks offense scored 10 runs, 15 hits, uh, five extra base hits, five walks. Uh, they only struck out five times, which was nice. Uh, Colas, uh, Hazley, Hackenberg all had two out RBI, something to definitely look out for. That's another little you know, game within the game when you think about spring training and, and does that matter? Does it translate to the regular season? I think so. You focus a little bit uh, more with two outs, especially when you've got runners on. Uh, can I get this run in? Can I manufacture it somehow? Uh, and, you know, it's good to see that kind of stuff early and, and you hope uh, that it builds uh, throughout spring training uh, as they uh, head into the regular season. With runners in scoring position, our Chicago White Sox were 5 for 14 on Monday. They are now 5 for 20 on this short spring training season. Early in the game, you had Yasmani Grandal with a bloop single uh, in right field. I don't know if that would have happened last year. I, I feel like uh, I think it would have still beat the shift, to be honest with you. But, you know, who knows exactly what he was thinking mentally there? You know, we, we've heard that. Uh, Yasmati Grandal is going to have a bit of a different approach uh, now that the shift is banned, doesn't necessarily have to, you know, boom or bust. Uh, you know, he can, he can find moments where he just needs to put a good swing on and that ball will find uh, some open area. Uh, and that's what happened early in the game for Yaz. Uh, third inning socks got on the board. Elvis Andrews with a leadoff triple, uh, and he was batting in the ninth spot could be a second leadoff man. Uh, Tim Anderson doubles down the third base line to score Elvis uh, Stone talking about in the at, at bat about uh, Tim Anderson needing to go to right field. Uh, it looked like he was trying to uh, in one pitch, but I think he, you know, the pitcher went inside and, and Anderson just turned on it and took it down the third base line. Uh, Robert could not advance Anderson. And then Ben Attendi had a lengthy spring training at bat. Uh, ended up getting hit, though, on the backside. So he had runners on first and second with only one out. Uh, Jimenez up, a very patient at bat, which is good to see from Aloy Jimenez. He drew a walk, uh, bases loaded for Mancada, and he had a comebacker to the pitcher. Seattle turned an inning-ending double play. That is what you do not want to see while you're watching spring training. Uh, the situational hitting stuff. You know, that would have been a great uh, opportunity to just open up the floodgates in the third inning. Tim Anderson and Andrews, uh, you know, trying to disrupt the Seattle's pitching. If you watch this game, uh, you saw, you know, when they were on third, there was a lefty on the mound for the Mariners. Uh, they seemed like they were just trying to play around, trying to get a throw maybe over, uh, disrupt the, the rhythm, uh, looking for a step off, uh, almost making their presence felt and it's those little things, putting pressure on the opposition, making the pitcher think about what you're planning to do. It, it, once you're once you're in his head, you, you've already won. Fourth inning, Sox continue to uh, score. Vaughn, uh, base uh, base hit in his first two times up, uh, hit it on the screws. Uh, Stone made a comment about he'd not he would not be surprised if Andrew Vaughn hit around 300 this year. Uh, Yasmani Grandal with his second hit. Base hit to right field. Uh, Vaughn went to third. So you got first and third. Nobody out. Another situational hitting situation here uh, with sheets up. Uh, ground ball to second. Uh, the double play could not be turned. Uh, Vaughn did score. Not ideal, but it was a productive out. Uh, Robert had 
uh, two on with two outs uh, and had some discipline. Another guy that hasn't shown discipline in the past. Uh, that's another thing to be looking for throughout spring training. We're going to talk about it later in this episode and what uh, Mike Tosar and Castro are working on in terms of discipline. But Robert drew a walk for bases loaded. And then there was a pitch clock violation for Seattle, which, again, essentially a balk. Uh, Sox scored another run. It was 3-1 Sox after four. And then the sixth inning, Jake Berger with his second blast of the spring and they have not been cheap shots. This one on Monday, dead center. It was a bomb. Uh, Jake Berger uh, might just hit his way onto this team. I mean, how can you how can you deny a guy if he just keeps pounding the baseball like this uh, and continues to play first base, uh, which is interesting. Again, a position we didn't talk too much about in the offseason. It was third base. It was maybe second. Is he going to DH? Uh, and here he is getting a lot of time at first base. Uh, that bat is working. Uh, again, Not those are not cheap shots. Uh, Sox kept it going in the seventh inning. Hastily and Hackenberg got to work. Uh, Griffal was sending runners, and the Sox were taking advantage of minor miscues uh, by Seattle. But again, grabbing the extra base is the name of the game. You know, out-hustling teams uh, and putting the pressure on teams. That's what we had done to us last season. Uh, another thing to kind of look for in the Cactus League play. Uh, Ramos and Colas, uh, they played Popeye Rodriguez and uh, Lurie Garcia. Colas has appeared in every one uh, of these spring training games. So who could potentially be the dark horse uh, to make the club out of spring training? And how is Jose Castro and Mike Tosar uh, teaching plate discipline? Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Not sure if you saw this uh, MLB.com article uh, talking about a dark horse uh, for every team. And, you know, that happens. It happens every year where there is an arm that emerges. It's usually a bullpen arm. And you're not sure how did this guy get to the White Sox? Where did they come from? Uh, Sox took a flyer on them in the offseason, perhaps. Uh, or they were packaged up in a trade a couple of years ago that we didn't pay too much attention about. Uh, and that arm emerges, and we're going to need it this year. We're going to need some bullpen help. Uh, so in this article, uh, and, and by the way, next week, I'm going to try to talk to Lindsey Crosby, uh, who does a fantastic job for Lockdown MLB Prospects, uh, and get his take on some of the young guys that you know we could potentially see in 2023 who could make an impact and, and get thoughts about uh, Montgomery and Colas. But uh, we'll have to keep our eyes on this guy. A dark horse for the White Sox, potentially right-handed pitcher Edgar Navarro. And this is what the write-up had to say. Navarro earned strong reviews for his 2022 minor league season, uh, during which he posted a 3.64 ERA uh, and a an 188 average against over three different stops, along with 69 strikeouts in 54 and a third innings. Uh, but the non-roster invitee has taken another step forward during the early stages of spring training, earning praise from manager Pedro Grifol, uh, describing Navarro as possessing power stuff with an elite sinker. Uh, Grifol looking forward to seeing Navarro in Cactus League action. White Sox have a number of candidates uh, for one or two bullpen slots, and Navarro appears to be one of them. Uh, that was uh, beat writer uh, Scott Merkin covering the White Sox for MLB.com. So Navarro, keep your eyes on. We'll talk to Crosby uh, next week about some other names. Uh, so uh, Oscar Colas, Romy Gonzalez, 
you know, I would even put in Luis Robert and, you know, Tim Anderson. You know, this team needs to have some plate discipline, draw some walks every now and then. Uh, and someone like Colas, young, maybe a free swinger, uh, you know, how is that? How is that going to be taught? How is that going to be enforced? Uh, James Fegan of the of the Athletic had a great article, and uh, Mike Tosar, one of the uh, hitting coordinators, was talking about plate discipline. This is what he had to say: uh, We use pitch machines. Uh, Tosar said of how t- plate discipline uh, is taught in these sessions. Uh, we use arm, but we're going to go high velocity stuff. We're doing strike to ball sliders. Uh, off machines we work on a lot of takes less on swings takes are very very important to us we feel that once you start taking pitches right away you're getting really close to where you want to get to Uh, according to Fegan, the first thing tosar focused on with these free swingers was working on taking pitches focusing on their body being in a balanced position to see the ball when they're making a swing decision we kind of worked on a little a little bit backwards on that, Tosar said. Uh, there's more information on the takes than there is actually on the swing when you're feeling for something. So uh, when I feel on a take that I wasn't where I needed to be, I can make the adjustment right there in the box and get ready for the next pitch. Sometimes uh, when our takes are really good, that catcher is like, whoa, this guy is on that pitch. And that pitcher is like, hey, that guy took that pitch really well. And then all of a sudden, he changes his plan and makes a mistake by coming right into our zone. I think that's an outstanding point being made there. Uh, once Once that pitcher realizes that you have some discipline and you know your strike zone very well, then he is going to play right into your hands. Uh, this is uh, Oscar Colas. Again, once the season ended last year, they had all the reports uh, of how the season went for you and the areas you need to improve on. Uh, they identified, and I knew it, that I needed to be more selective with pitches that I wanted to swing at. We focused on that during this offseason. Uh, they have a very good team of staff there, and that helped me uh, put put me in a better position now. Uh, again, Oscar Colas, he has played in all three games this spring. He has three hits uh, so far uh, and an RBI. Uh, he was a uh, he was a late game replacement. Didn't start the game uh, on Monday. But again, you know, just like Rafol had said, he's going to give every opportunity to try to win uh, that right field position. Uh, haven't seen the massive power or anything like that yet, but. You know, good to just see him getting his swings in, finding some base hits, getting the confidence up a little bit. Uh, Again, I was the little things like drawing walks and the plate discipline. You know, if you watched a lot of White Sox baseball last season and, you know, I get it. If you were after the All-Star break, you're like, I I just can't stomach it anymore. Uh, But throughout the whole season, and this has been kind of a thing for the White Sox for a while. It's just drawing walks, being more patient, getting runners on base especially at the top of the lineup. Uh, so to see guys like Jimenez and Robert draw some walks on Monday and then reading this article in The Athletic by Fegan about what Tosar is uh, trying to preach, great stuff, something to look forward uh, to and keep an eye on. Uh, when when the game that will be televised until the 7th uh, of March on NBC Sports Chicago, but something to keep your eyes out uh, for. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. 
you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and get those questions in for Wednesday's mailbag episodes, Locked on Socks at gmail.com. Thanks for making Locked on White Socks your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out the Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Uh, win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, coming up on the next episode, I'll keep you posted on how the White Sox handled the Arizona Diamondbacks 31 days until opening day. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.